My mother is easily entertained. She just loves the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast that begs your pardon. His favorite store advertises liquor in the front and poker in the rear. Medicare expert Doug Jones. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. I'm waving at one of my neighbors who's walking by on this bright, sunny morning in Arizona. He and his wife walk by fairly frequently, and they always wave gaily at my window where they assume that I'm sitting there working. And I found out after speaking to them, they've been waving all this time without really knowing that I'm here because my low E window glass prevents them from being able to actually see me inside waving back at them. So it may be that they're waving at all hours of the day and night, and I'm not sitting at my desk all that time. But what I did was I got a flashlight and I shined it back like Morris code so that they would be rewarded for waving at me. I like it when people are um, polite and pleasant, and I wanted them to be rewarded for doing that. Anyway, here we are again. Oh, now he's walking back. I wonder, oh, he was just picking up a piece of trash. What a good citizen. I want to say welcome, welcome, welcome to all of you listeners who are thinking about Medicare in your future. We are here to help you feel really, really good about your impending encounter with Medicare. And we are also here to help you if you have friends or relatives that need a source of excellent Medicare advice. Because not only have I written a book called Medicare for the Lazy Man, 2023. I have also uh, offered my services to many people as an advisor, an unpaid, free of charge advisor. The reason that my advice never costs anybody any money is that if one decides to take my advice and I'm allowed to help fill out the paperwork for their insurance applications, then I will get paid by the insurance company. It's not much, but it's better, as Randy would say, than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick. So I stand ready to either sell you one of my books, which will help you through Medicare, and to act as your insurance agent because Medicare is not enough protection. I think that's the title of Chapter 7 or something like that. Medicare by itself is going to leave your um, your wallet exposed to the trepidations and the, the uh, uh, possible incursions by the federal government that's always grasping for more money to uh, float their out, outrageous uh, expenditures with. And that money could be yours unless you protect yourself by buying some fairly inexpensive insurance to uh, cover the holes and the gaps in Medicare. So anyway, if you go to the bookstore, choose either uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Those are the two bookstores where I've got the book on sale. In the search window, put Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. You got to have those numbers. Otherwise, you'll wind up with last year's book or the two-year-old book. And you don't want that. You want the more current one. And you have your choice of several different options. You can have a hardcover book. I would suggest using that as a gift for any friends or relatives that you might be uh, uh, hoping to do some shopping for. You have the paperback book. You have the 
Kindle ebook. And now you have the Audible book where I will do all the work for you. I will actually read the words on the page and put those words into your brain. I will turn the pages for you. I will end the book. I will start the book and end the book. You won't have to do a thing, but just lay there and absorb the knowledge. So that's our newest arrival. We now have four different types of books under the Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023 banner. So visit Amazon.com and take your pick. Randy Carson is uh, sipping his coffee. Normally, I introduce him at this time, but he's taking so much pleasure in the coffee consumption that I didn't want to interrupt that process. So, Randy, are you? how's your coffee going down today? It's doing well. At, you know, in the last episode, I was uh, a little bit lacking for my caffeine, so I was... I was getting a little bit tongue-tied, but today I'm doing fine. I, the only thing I have to watch is we've got so many, you know, stamps to lick to send out these books yeah. that, you know, every once in a while, my tongue just gets really dry and sticky after about the 500th book. And I have to have some coffee or something to, you know, wet my whistle. Well, I think back to the days when I used to have to lick stamps, uh, when my parents would send mail out or whatever, pay bills by mail. And I would always enjoy the taste of that glue. That's one of the things that government did. Those three cent stamps when I was a kid were very, very tasty. And I don't know if they taste as good now, but I married a woman who developed a gluten allergy. She's celiac and she can't lick stamps anymore. And so I offer to, uh, actually (laughs) I have to say, that we've come into the 21st century so no stamp gets licked anymore but um the envelope seals i still uh volunteer to lick the envelopes uh before they're sealed up because i still love that glue there's something about that glue that appeals to me very much i think it's the same stuff that used to be on the three cent stamps we had when i was a kid of course i'm not a chemist i really don't know well i don't know I I do understand what you're saying there, but I don't remember ever licking a stamp and going, wow. You didn't. <laughs> I, need, <you> will. <laughs> I, I, I need some more of this. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. As long as we're being weird, I'll tell you another exciting evidence or experience I just had. Uh, about a week ago, we had a, an HOA uh celebratory meeting it wasn't a business meeting we didn't discuss business because that's not allowed but we uh, went to harold's which is right across the parking lot from the buffalo chip and uh at harold's uh everybody ordered lunch and i saw that they had a new soup there i love their french onion soup but they had cream of spinach soup and I had to give that a try so i did and it was scrumptilicious it was really really i good. love i love well you know Spinach. I, I I don't know why. When I was a kid, I hated soup, but uh-huh. now the old the older I get, I'm becoming kind of a soupaholic, and that does sound good. I was talking to Margaret last night about making some kidney bean soup or navy bean soup, and I thought she was going to lose lose her lunch. <laughs> well, as a kid, I would not have voted for either of those, but as an adult, I think they sound just fine. But I love the. Uh, uh, soup so much. Mary was off eating lunch with her ladies who lunch, uh, from the neighborhood. So she was someplace else. And I took a picture of my cream of, uh, spinach soup and sent it to her. And I said, look what they have at, at, uh, Harold's. So she, God bless her. I got a recipe from the, uh, internet 
and gave it to her and she went out and bought all the stuff for it and she made a terrific cream of spinach soup which we had for a couple of nights wow now now i'm hungry what am i gonna do now you got me hungry go to harold's go to harold's order the soup of the day i'm i'll be heading right there after this all righty and then you can go over to the chip and have a couple of drinky poos although harold's is a fine fine place to imbibe also if you want to do that well both of them have guinness so yeah, you know, there you, you go. Can't go. You can't go too far wrong with any establishment that has Guinness. Absolutely not. So I have a whole stack of stuff to go through today, and Randy is anxious to take his morning nap. So I think what we should do is dive right into the Medicare content. Um, first thing that I have on the top of the stack is that one of the insurance companies that I deal with has sent out a big announcement and I printed this off because they're very concerned that I be aware that their payment, you know, how insurance companies will pay an agent for the work that uh, he does. Well, their payment for the January MCA commissions will be delayed. They had a computer glitch that delayed it. MCA is member care assessment. This is the bounty that they pay insurance agents if they're cooperating in pilfering money from the United States Treasury. Because what happens is this insurance company sells a ton of Medicare Advantage plans. And once you've sold a Medicare Advantage plan to somebody, if you're an agent, you get a very generous commission just for having sold the plan. But you get even more money if you go back and tell your client, okay, I want you to fill out a MCA, a member care assessment form. What does that allow you to do? That allows you to show the company that you're helping them steal more money from the United States Treasury. That member care assessment will identify any medical problem that the insured, your client has in such a a fashion as to justify more revenue to be paid for that Medicare Advantage plan. See, Medicare Advantage plans are not paid for by the policy owners. They're paid for by the federal government. The federal government writes a check every month for every person that the insurance company has enrolled in a Medicare Advantage plan. But they'll write an even bigger check if that person has one of several medical problems that call for additional treatment. The insurance company creates problems sometimes where none exist and the federal government doesn't check because as we have seen or will see their audit process is deeply flawed and is uh in fact non-existent in some areas so but that's uh grist for the fodder for another time grist for the mill i guess grist for the mill fodder uh randy grew up on a ranch so he would know these uh that would be grist for the mill Okay, let's go with that one then. Thank you for your help. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, In the same vein, I have a little article here that says upcoding. This is the upcoding is everything has a code assigned to it. Every disease, every treatment that a doctor might do. And what the insurance company wants to do is upcode, meaning demonstrate to the U.S. government that their clients are sicker than average so the government will write them a bigger fatter check than they otherwise would for a healthy client so upcoding is one reason that medicare advantage companies pay clinicians to make home health checkups 
Now, Randy, I bet during all those uh, commercials that we had during the AEP last fall, uh, where uh, Joe Namath was saying that they would send somebody to your house to check on things for you and everything, you probably thought that was just because the insurance companies love you or because the federal government wants them to act responsibly and uh, they want to check on your welfare at home so you don't have to go out in the cold and uh, go to a doctor's office to be checked on. Well, turns out that's not true how silly we are to even think such a thought. In this event, let's see, uh, at the start of 2013, an estimated 2.5 million Americans began using Medicare Advantage programs some made this choice in response to aggressive marketing campaigns. This brings a total enrollment to about 31 million people. One unexpected benefit of these plans is an offer by some insurance companies sponsoring the plans to send a nurse or a physician's assistant to the individual's home. There is no charge for the visit, and the insurance company may even pay the beneficiary for agreeing to do this. Some companies call relentlessly to get the offer accepted in other words you're a new client with this uh this medicare advantage plan and they might call you four five six times to force you to accept a visit from the medical professional the physician's assistant or the nurse to come over to your house before explaining whose interests these visits serve it helps to explain the roles of the players. Health insurance companies do not deliver health care. That's what medical providers and medical groups do. The primary role of insurance companies is to pay the bills. They profit by taking in more money from beneficiaries than they do paying for uh, than they pay for the medical care they need. To be sure, this distinction is getting murky. Some health insurers have purchased medical provider groups and some health systems offer health insurance. When an individual signs up for a Medicare Advantage plan, which they get through a private insurance company instead of through the federal government, Medicare no longer directly pays providers for the services. Instead, Medicare pays a fixed fee to the insurance company, which establishes its own rules for how much and when it pays providers. Here's the catch. The amount of the uh, the amount the insurer collects from Medicare is based on a risk score or a risk score code. The more diagnoses the individuals have, the higher their risk scores and the higher the risk score, the more insurance company makes from Medicare. In theory, that sounds reasonable. In reality, some Medicare Advantage insurers assign diagnoses and risk codes that generate higher premiums, regardless of whether these diagnoses actually affect the individual's health or whether they are treated for the condition. This is where the free at-home physicals come in. Even though Medicare already offers those, it covers uh, the annual comprehensive wellness visits with their primary care providers, some Medicare Advantage uh, insurers push for at-home visits to find additional risk codes that allow them to secure higher fixed fees from Medicare. This is referred to as upcoding. Even though the traditional Medicare beneficiaries are often sicker than Medicare Advantage beneficiaries, the use of custom software, especially trained professionals and business consultants, have created an entire industry devoted to gaming the system. 
So I could go on with this. Uh, they're talking about $20 billion in fraud per year. I'm going to stop reading that article because it's too depressing for me, but it is indicative of the fact that the whole Medicare Advantage system is flawed and it's dipping into the Treasury to the tune of billions of dollars per year in non-existent or fraudulent uh, compensation for the insurance companies that have figured out how to game the system. Now, I'm not suggesting that we get rid of private insurance companies. Many of my fellow enemies of Medicare Advantage plans are suggesting that the fault lies with big insurance or big health insurance or big corporations. That's not my position at all. I want you to understand that I am all in favor of free enterprise, especially in the United States where it benefits all of us. The profit motive is what motivates people to excel, to do better, and to uh, do do things uh, in a way that justifies additional revenue, that some of which goes into the pocket of that person that's working very hard. So I don't have a problem with any of that. What I have a problem with is the government keepers of the treasury who have allowed, they've opened the door and allowed those with weak moral fiber to reach in and just grab giant piles of cash from the U.S. Treasury by allowing these Medicare Advantage plans to uh, conduct fraudulent theft from the uh, from the government. And it's just uh, disgusting that this behavior is allowed. Uh, the insurance companies that, that allow it are certainly at fault, and they should be brought up to... Uh, Brought up short and uh, punished, I want to say uh, they should be uh, shown the error of their ways, but I'm not in favor of changing the relationship between insurance companies, medical providers, and uh, their treatment of the practice of medicine in the United States. It's just an unfortunate glitch that it's allowing some people to steal a whole bunch of money from the federal government. Um, let's see. Oh. My wife had knee surgery three years ago, maybe almost four years ago now. She had knee replacement surgery on one leg. And then about six months ago, she had knee replacement surgery on the other leg. And uh, I know that her success with the knee surgery was indicative of one important thing, because we've got a close friend who lives in Mena, Arkansas. She had knee surgery on one knee. And that was almost four years ago, maybe more than four years ago. She has complained bitterly that the healing process never was completed with that one knee. And she's still in pain. And she will never have the other knee done in spite of the fact that it is crying for surgical intervention. And here is the reason why. A new study underscores the importance of the adage, practice makes perfect especially when it comes to surgery. It's long been understood that the frequency at which surgeons perform and hospitals host complex surgical procedures has a bearing on how patients fare. But the study from the Clarify Health Institute makes the link even clearer. The researchers looked at almost 180,000 hip and knee replacements and found that higher volume surgeons had higher quality results across the board. Now, the article ends right there because this publication wants me to buy a subscription, and I'm not going to do it. So, therefore, that's all I can tell you except that it confirms 
what I've always been told about surgeons who practice one type of surgery over and over and over again, they get really, really good at it. But I have to believe the knee surgeon in Mena, Arkansas, probably doesn't get as much practice, doesn't get as much experience performing that particular type of surgery. And that's why our good friend in Mena, Arkansas, is having trouble with her knee. I wish she would come to Arizona, where we have the finest surgeons in the world, and perform, uh, have somebody, probably Mary Surgeon and Roy Surgeon, same guy, perform a uh uh, another procedure on her to fix what obviously was probably not done as well as it could have been by her hometown doctor. So as that's advice, if you live in a small town somewhere and the number of surgeons are is limited and you want to have the best possible result from your surgery, I would say take up residence temporarily in a larger town that has a lot more experienced surgeons and you will be able to uh, probably recover more quickly and have much better results. Oh God, I've got a little article here that just, Oh, I like this one better. 10 minute scan enables the direction uh, detection and cure of the most common cause of high blood pressure. This is an interesting article because it affects something like five to 10% of the blood pressure, the high blood pressure victims in uh, the, the modern world. It's uh, published uh, in nature medicine. This is, I think an English um, discovery or the study uh, took place in London, uh, but it solves a 60 year problem of how to detect a hormone hormone that produces nodules Uh, They have been able to figure out how to uh, identify the hormone that produces the nodules without a difficult catheter study that is available only in a handful of hospitals, and it often fails. The research also found that when combined with a urine test, the scan detects a group of patients who come off of all their blood pressure medicines after treatment. So 128 people participate in the study of a new scan after doctors found that their hypertension, their high blood pressure, was caused by a steroid hormone. I'm not going to say the name of it because it's multisyllabic, and frankly, my tongue is going to get confused. But this hormone, uh, the scan was found in two-thirds of the patients with elevated hormone secretion. Uh, This is coming from a benign nodule in just one of the adrenal glands which can then be safely removed. The scan uses a very short-acting dose of uh, some radioactive dye that sticks only to the nodule that produces the hormone. The scan was as accurate as the old catheter test, but quick and painless and technically successful in every patient. Until now, the catheter test was unable to predict which patients would be completely cured of hypertension by surgical removal of the gland. By contrast, the combination of a hot nodule on the scan and the urine steroid test detected 18 of the 24 patients who achieved a normal blood pressure and are off all of high blood pressure medication. The research was conducted in a bunch of hospitals and universities in Glasgow and Birmingham, England. Funded by the National Institutes for Health, which barely has enough money to cause anybody to get uh, medical treatment at all. I mean, it's almost broke. So uh, the closing paragraph is, uh, 
In most people with high blood pressure, the cause is unknown, and the condition requires lifelong treatment by drugs. Previous research by the group at Queen Mary University discovered that in 5 to 10% of people with high blood pressure, the cause is a gene mutation in the adrenal glands, which results in excessive amounts of the steroid hormone. Okay, I'm going to try to say it. Aldosterone. It's A-L-D-O-S-T-O. E-R-O-N-E. Excessive amounts of that hormone are produced in the people with this uh, high blood pressure uh, that can be cured. That hormone causes salt to be retained in the body, driving up blood pressure. Patients with excessive aldosterone levels in the blood are resistant to treatment with the commonly used hypertension drugs and are at increased risks for heart attacks and strokes. But if the uh, doctor's in a their fairly painless way can go in and remove the nodules that produce the hormone, <clears throat> then the people are cured and they can stop taking high blood pressure medication. So that's it for me today, Randy. I'm I'm tired of uh, trying to pronounce lengthy medical terminology. When you, when you said that term aldosterone, mm-hmm. I, I immediately it took my mind to aldosterone, which I I think that's some sort of a pasta, isn't it? Well, it could be. I don't know. <laughs> when you look at me, you don't see an Italian, do you? You don't see an expert no, in pasta. No, I, no, I don't. Well, when, when you were talking about the Medicare scam vantage world earlier yes, in the podcast. Yes, sir. I should have used and, your and term. What, and what did you call that survey that, that the, the agents medi- fill out? That's a medical care assessment meaning let's find more things that are wrong with you. We want to send a nurse over to your house to look you over and see if she can find anything else that might be wrong with you that you haven't told us about. Well, I, you know, I don't, I've never answered one of those surveys, but I was talking to one of my neighbors and she told me just a little bit about the questions that they ask her. And, and one of them was, uh, you know, are you depressed? No. Have you ever been depressed? No. Have you ever thought about being depressed? No. Have you ever known anybody that's been depressed? No. Have you ever seen anybody that's been depressed? Do you know what depression is? Yes. Okay. You have won the prize. We need to up your ante. Your cough button is still on. Oh, I was talking. I was I was expounding some words of wisdom. I'm sorry. Um, here's the deal. The uh, I expected to hear you say, Question about depression, question about depression, question about depression. Would you like to be depressed? And the involuntary, <laughs> yes, you know, because all they want to do is stop the incessant questioning, kind of like being under a spotlight in the police department. Where were you on the night yep. of the third? You know, eventually yep. they're going to they're going to admit to anything just to make you go away. Yes, <laughs> I'm depressed. What, I've been depressed my entire life. Now get out of my face. Yeah, you're depressing me. <laughs> go away. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So. I think we need to go ahead and sign off because our 75 cents is up for today. We'll go ahead and land the plane. Uh, we are going to uh, pull it into, uh, what? Do we, let's see, runway 42 East, I think is what we're going to use today. But before we do that, I have to thank everybody for joining us because you could have been a thousand different places doing a thousand different things. And you weren't. You were with us listening to an episode of Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. Don't forget, Doug loves to have email. You can send it to him at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Or you can check out our website at medicareforthelazyman.com. 
Go ahead and check out all the various ways that you can get hold of Doug's information and advice in the books, in the audios, in the Kindles, you name it, we got it. And find a place, if you would please, to give us a rating on the podcast. We love five stars, but we'll leave it up to you. So in the meantime, we are going to sign off. We have spent 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more. Living up in the high mountains behind Cave Creek, Arizona, in his fortress of solitude. Thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye.